Amen. Let's do it. Somebody shout, it's word time. Shout it again, it's word time. Amen. Going to be in the book of John, chapter number 14, starting at verses number 12. Excited about what it is that God has placed in my spirit. John, chapter number 14, verses number 12. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head and somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying word from the Lord. Book of John, chapter number 14, starting at verses number 12, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And everybody shout greater. That's good. He says, greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Verses number 16 declares, and I will ask the Father. Who? Who, Jesus? He says, I will ask the, everybody shout, the Father. The Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. 25 declares, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, everybody shout the helper. The Bible declares, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Father, now in Jesus' name, God, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to share the Word of God with the people of God. I'm asking you, God, to please help me, Greg McGee, to get completely out of the way. Allow your spirit, the spirit of God that abides within me, to have free course, Holy Ghost of God. Say what you want to say. Do what you desire to do through this vessel of clay, that you may be glorified in everything that's said and done. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says... I want to start here. Um, God chooses how he reveals himself um, to humanity. He chooses how he reveals himself in scripture. Um, there are plenty of revelations that God gives explicitly that he simply says, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is how things are. Then there are revelations concerning God that are called progressive revelations. It's not that they're explicitly said. It's that over the span of Scripture, he takes some time. Siri, why are you talking to me? I rebuke you. That was the devil, y'all. <laughs> no, that was my computer. Cut it out, girl. Progressive revelation is the idea of God taking his time to reveal components of himself a little at a time. I believe he does it because the reality is, how, how many of you all know that like as you have walked out your salvation, there are things that you know about God now that you didn't know a year ago, two years ago? And it's not that God couldn't have revealed it to you, but there are some things you weren't ready to know about him yet. So he takes his time and he reveals certain things about himself in Scripture. And so today I want to deal with a progressive revelation concerning who God is. I'm going to start here in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6, verses number 4, where the writer says, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, everybody shout, the Lord is one. This is a revelation of who God is. I am one God. Uh, in essence, he is, he is kicking against the polytheistic cultures around them where, where, where people serve a multiple of gods. He says, uh-uh, besides me, there is not another God. Isaiah 45 and 5, he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. 1 Timothy 1.17, let's put some New Testament in it. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. These particular scriptures speak to the one, everybody shout, the oneness of God. 
They speak to the oneness of God, but again, in line of what we understand of progressive revelation, God reveals a little here, a little there, and as we see the progression of what he says about himself, it, it, it builds a composite of our understanding of who he is, because not only does, does the scripture speak to the oneness of God, the scripture actually speaks of the plurality of God. Bible declares in the book of Genesis, chapter number 1, verse number 26, then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So who is the us? Some, some people say that uh, maybe it's an, an angel or maybe um, uh, a demon or some other spiritual entity. Well, it can't be an angel or a demon because we're not created in the image of angels or demons. It has to be God counseling within himself saying, let us. Genesis 3.22, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Isaiah 6 and 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for who, y'all? Us. So, so as we are progressing in what is being revealed to us, um, we understand that God is one, but not only is he one, there is a plurality concerning God. The concept that I want to highlight is what's known as the Trinity. The word Trinity means triunity or three-in-oneness. It is used to summarize the teaching of Scripture that God is three distinct persons, yet one God. He is, there is one God, but yet there are three expressions, three persons of God. The theological term used to define God as an undivided unity expressed in the threefold nature of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, so, so the Scripture um, it's going to begin from the very beginning, the book of Genesis, and it's going to play out through the rest of the book, not explicitly. You won't see the word Trinity in the scripture, but you will see throughout the book where God, where Jesus denotes or declares that I am God. He's going to use statements in the Old Testament, I am that I am. That's why they wanted to stone Jesus, because they're like, hold, 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 now, now, you ain't Jehovah now, you ain't Jehovah. He's like, I am God. You will see explicit statements where the Holy Ghost is known as God or he is called God. He says, uh, 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 who is that? Who is that? Peter, he's going to say to Ananias and Sapphira, he said, you, didn't, you thought you were lying to men? You, you were lying to the Holy Ghost who is God. So you see throughout the scriptures that the Father is denoted as God, the Son is denoted as God, the Holy Ghost is denoted as God, but yet there is one God. And you see this plurality, but yet unity throughout the text. In the book of Genesis, chapter number one, verses number one, the Bible declares in the beginning, God, everybody shout God. So here is the father, the Bible declares, he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God, there it is. Uh, was hovering over the face of the deep. So you see the Father, and then you see the Spirit of God. When we jump to the New Testament in John 1 and 1, we get an understanding of where Jesus was. John 1 and 1 declares, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the word was, excuse me, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So the Bible is declaring that the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. God is declaring, let there be, and as God speaks the word, Jesus is manifesting. John 1.14, to clarify that the word is Jesus, the Bible declares, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Let's dive a little bit deeper, because the, 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 the writers of the scriptures seem to understand that God, he's one, but he's also, there's a plurality concerning him. David writes in the book of Psalms 45 and 6, he says, your throne, O God. Now understand what he's getting ready to do because he's talking to concerning one entity, but then he switches and seems as though that he's talking to a different entity. He says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of righteousness. 
Seven declares you have loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, watch this, God, your God. Now, now in verse number six, he is, he is reflecting on Jesus, the Son, God. And when we speak of Son, we're not talking about descending as in our human understanding of Son. That's my Father right there, and I am his Son. I came from his loins. When we speak of Son, we're talking about essence of. Come on, somebody. So he says, my God, the, the writer of Hebrew picks up Psalms 45 and 6, and he gives us an interpretation and an understanding of what David understood about the plurality of God. In Hebrews 1 and 8, the Bible declares, but of the Son, he says, quoting again uh, Psalms 45 and 6, but of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Throughout the scriptures, we see that God is one, but yet there is a plurality of God God reveals this to us in stages, and it's known as a progressive revelation. And many of the people of God, they actually missed it, especially the, 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 one of the largest sects of Judaism, which is the Pharisees. They didn't understand the plurality of God. Psalms 110 and 1, David quotes again, and he says, the Lord says to my Lord, God says to God, the Father, God says to God the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So Jesus is going to confront the Pharisees with this same scripture in Matthew twenty-two forty-three. 43. And he's going to say to them in verse number 41, now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David, meaning that he came from the loins of David. He is a descendant of David. So Jesus responds 43 and he said to them, how is it then if he's the son of David, how is it then that David in the spirit, by the way, calls him Lord. And so he's going to quote this scripture again. He says, verse number 44, the Lord Jesus Father says to my Lord Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies under your, your, your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Look at 46. And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day did they dare to ask him any more questions. We hear you. We don't understand what you're saying. Let, 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 me, let me put this in context. Let me put this in context. So what the scripture reveals, and I'm going to reiterate this throughout this little dissertation, is that there is one God who manifests himself in three persons. The one is three, and the three, they are one. Let me lift, let me lift a, a, a commentary thought concerning this idea, because many of us are kind of messed up about something we actually shouldn't be messed up about. Here's a thought. As the doctrine of the Trinity is indiscoverable by reason, everybody shout by reason. So in essence, the, the writer is simply saying that this will not make human sense to you. And because it can't make human sense to you, stop trying to make human sense of it. Because every analogy that you try to put together just don't work. I heard somebody say, it's like the sun in the sky. It is physically there and it gives light by day and heat by day. So he's three in one. That's cute, but that ain't scripture. What the scripture gives us is Three distinct persons that are. So the writer is saying, don't try to comprehend this because you ain't gonna, you're not going to understand it. There are no analogies 
to it in nature, not even in the spiritual nature of man who is made in the image of God. So the, the, the writer here is saying that even in our triunity or tripartite, that's a better word, even in our tripartite being, it still is not a mirror example of the triunity of God. We are tripartite. We, watch this, I am a spirit, live in a body, possess a soul. Although I am a tripartite, I'm not triunity because each of my functions, each of my parts can't function without the other. If my spirit leaves my body, it falls to the ground lifeless. But concerning the triunity of God, the, the, the Father stands fully God, Son, fully God, Holy Spirit, fully God, but yet they are all God. He goes on to say in his tri-Trinitarian mode of being, God is unique, and as there is nothing in the universe like him in this respect, so there is nothing which can help us to, everybody shall comprehend. Now, let me, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Let me, no, 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 I don't want to help you, I just want to free you. Because that's some of you all, you kind of get in arguments with folks, that's really silly. So, so my son comes to me, Greg Jr. comes to me, he was like six I don't know where you got this from. Six years old, boy come to me like, hey, dad, where I come from? <laughs> I just want to know how I get here. <laughs> now, 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 come closer to me. I got two types of answers that I can give him. I can give him a comprehension answer or an apprehension answer. Apprehension is which, what I chose. You was in your mama's stomach. <laughs> you was there for eight and a half, nine, however long you was there. And one day, your mama's water broke, and we took you to the hospital, and you were born. He walked away and said, okay, I understand. He apprehends. Now, apprehension of this process for a six-year-old is good. What I didn't give him is comprehension. Because comprehension says, this is how you got here. One day your mama gave me a look she ain't gave me in a long time. Watch this. I ain't had that look since. So I gave him apprehension, not comprehension. What the scripture actually gives us is apprehension of God, not comprehension. It gives us apprehension that he is one God, but yet manifests himself in three distinct persons. And they are not three gods, they are yet one. Apprehension. Comprehension, we'll find out when we get to heaven. So all the naysayers and all this other kind of stuff, y'all can say whatever you want to say. I'm going to find out when I get to heaven, and I hope you find out if you get to. <laughs> Am I making sense in this place? Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Um, but, because I want to highlight a, a couple of historical misconceptions when it comes to the Trinity. There's one uh, historical misconception that God the Father is the mighty God, Jesus is the lesser God, and the Holy Spirit is the lesser God. And, and those who adhere to this particular understanding of the Trinity, in essence, they look at scriptures like John 14 and 15, where, where Jesus speaks of this submission and this humility to God the Father. Well, the Bible teaches us that Jesus, in order for him to be a perfect redeemer, he had to clothe himself in flesh and actually have the human experience. So Jesus, watch this, Philippians tells us, being fully God, watch this, he humbled himself to the depth of the cross. He did not use his divinity as something to, 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 you, to live by, but he, he humbled himself, depended upon the Father and the Holy Spirit. There is a temporary dissension of Christ. But the scripture teaches us from the beginning, they were all co-equal. And when he goes back, he, he retains again his full status of God. 
Here's the second misconception that the Trinity means that there are three gods, and there are not. The scripture does not reveal three distinct gods. There is one God who manifests himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here's, here's, the, here's the final misconception, and it's called modalism. And, and I, love, I love my brothers. The, 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 those individuals who ascribe to oneness Pentecostalism or an apostolic-based doctrine, and again, I love my brothers. I just disagree with them. They embrace what's known as modalism. So in modalism, in essence, uh, God is the father of the Old Testament, but when Matthew comes in, he's no longer the father. He transforms or d- adopts a new mode, Jesus, and when Acts comes in, he's no longer Jesus. Now he's the mode of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll be honest with you. I really want to, I just really want to just bite on that because it makes more sense to me. But that ain't what the scripture teach. It don't teach he the father of the Old Testament, then he stopped being the father, now he's the, the Jesus of the Gospels, and then after the Gospels, now he's the Holy Ghost of the Act. That ain't what the scripture teaches. Here's what the Bible teaches. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 3, verse number 16, and when Jesus was baptized, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw what? What did he see, y'all? What did, Je- what did Jesus in the water see? He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, yes, coming to rest upon him, and not only did Jesus in the water see the Spirit, he also heard something. And what did he hear? He heard God the Father speaking from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well. The Scripture doesn't teach modalism. And again, there are various revelations that God speaks explicitly about himself, but then there are some revelations, they are not explicit, they are progressive. And I I believe I got an understanding why God gives this progressively. Uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, uh, Wayne Grudem, I I like a thought that he, he picks up to give clarity and understanding of just how much the New Testament writers understood the oneness, but yet the plurality of God. Grudem says, the New Testament authors generally use the name God, or for God the Father, Theos, to refer to God the Father, and the name Lord, which is Kairos, to refer to the Son. Now, both of these words mean God, but to bring simplicity to his audience as to when he's talking about the Father or when he's talking about the Son, he used these two different Greek words words. Uh, give you an example in 1 Corinthians 12, 4. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same kairos, Lord, speaking of Jesus. And there are varieties of activities, but the same theos, God the Father, who empowers all, them all and everyone. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of our, watch this, kairos, Lord Jesus, and the love of Theos, God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. These boys understood the oneness, but yet the plurality of God. First Peter 1 and 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, these are th- this phrase is a God terminology. It's a God phrase. Let me say it backwards. May grace and peace be multiplied. How? According to, number one, the foreknowledge of God the Father. Number two, in the sanctification of the Spirit. Number three, for obedience to Jesus Christ. Jude 1 and 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, let me say this plainly when it comes to the understanding of the Trinity. Uh, please do yourself a favor and you lose all of your earthly examples of trying to explain something that you cannot explain in human terminologies. Free yourself. Well, how is it he one and he three? He God. That's exactly how. And if you ever become God, you'll be able to explain it to me, but you will not. Three statements that summarize the doctrine of the Trinity. Number one, God is three persons. Each person is fully God. He's fully God. Number three, but yet there is 
there is one God. Yeah. Ah. Pa- Pastor, what, what's, what's, what's your point of this little dissertation you're trying to put together here? What, what's, what's, I asked God, I asked God, th- this is what I was doing, this is what I was doing. So if you hadn't been tracking with me, let me get you up to speed. For about mm, going on two months now, I've actually been dealing with this whole idea concerning New Age philosophy creeping into the church. Practices, philosophies, teaching creeping into church. God challenged me to deal with it. So we dealt with some crystals, and we dealt with sage and all this other kind of stuff. Um, I tried to deal with meditation. Actually, I detoured from New Age because God told me y'all wasn't reading and studying y'all Bibles. One of the most popular practices of New Age is meditation. And so I wanted to teach y'all meditation. And, and, and meditation, the, the thrust of meditation is the Word of God. Well, you can't meditate on nothing you ain't got in you. You can't chew on food that ain't in your mouth. So we actually detoured for like three or four weeks to talk about the importance of studying and actually studying and reading the Word of God. So we got back on track last week, meditation, which was actually supposed to have been my last message four weeks ago. (laughs) But I asked the question, how many of you guys systematically read? And it was like crickets (laughs) up in here. How many of y'all read now? That's more hands. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some of y'all like, I ain't lying. <laughs> I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Ananias Sapphira, I ain't lying. I'm going to start tonight, Pastor. I ain't lying right now, though. I appreciate you. So this is what God directed me. Oh! What's the real thrust concerning especially our young people that's so attractive to new age philosophy and practices. I'll tell you what it is. They're actually having spiritual experiences. And it is attractive because the church is talking about a God that they can't feel or see. So these folk over here mixing potions and medicines and drugs and crystals and all this other kind of stuff, and they're actually having experiences. So I know I need to highlight the true power of the Holy Ghost that's actually, come on now, greater than the power of Baal, able to call down fire from heaven. So as I am preparing to speak on the Holy Ghost, I hear God, I hear God deal with me and say, tell them the whole truth of who I am. Don't just focus on one aspect of who I am. Tell them who I really am. I'm tripping because, I mean, it's been a a minute since I talked about the Trinity, and I really didn't want to talk about it today. I just wanted to talk about power. All I want to talk about, power. (laughs) Oh, the Holy Ghost. I feel granny spirit up in here. So God says no. So I'm doing my study and my research, and I'm going back over old scriptures and, and studying, and, and I, I, I got to understand, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. I asked God the question, my friend. I said, God, why is this important for the people to know? This is what God told me, two things. I heard him say it. He says, the revelation of the Trinity is the revelation of my love for humanity. I heard him say that. The revelation of the Trinity, the revelation of my love for them. I I want to show you this. Uh, Big Shade, come here. Come, 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 come. Stand here, sir. Stand here. Stand here, stand here. Now again, here's an an imperfect example, but I'm getting ready to demonstrate to you what God showed me. The disciples had an understanding of the plurality of God when Jesus shows up on the scene, and I want to show you how. They heard about the acts of God the Father, how that he guided and cared for the people that he loved. And he he got them out of trouble time and time again, 
because they understood that Jehovah God, that he loves us. But it messed them up when God reveals himself, oh God, not just as the father, but as the son. And this is why it messes them up, because, because, how many of y'all know what it's like to, to help somebody that you don't want to kick it with? Y'all going to do it? Y'all going to do it like that? You know, somebody be like, hey, hey, my man, hey, my man, can I, I, need, I need to borrow, I need, can, I, can I hold on to something? And you be like, all right, man, I got you. Here, take that. And then you like, thinking to yourself, why are you still around me? <laughs> take the money and go to your house. <laughs> so the disciples understand God, the Father that helps them from heaven, and that's love, but they never expected, come on down here, come on down here, they never expected the God, the Father, that helps them from above, actually wants to be with me. Ah, that he loves me that much that he don't want to just feed me from heaven, but he actually wants to hang out with me. Somebody shout, that's love right there. That's why Peter said, Peter said, when he found out that Jesus was the Messiah, he told Jesus, get away from me. I'm a wicked and a perverse man. Surely you don't want to kick it with me. But he says, no, I, want, I don't want to just help you from above. I want to be with you. And right when the disciples thought that they were living their best life, man, I got Jesus walking. We, watch this. The disciples ain't never hungry. I would have loved to walk with Jesus. I'd be like, Jesus, man, shoot. Can I get a double wobble with cheese? Bam. Woo. I mean, this was powerful. But what could be better than this right here? You love me this much that you can't, oh my God, you didn't just feed me from heaven, but you love me that much that you wanted to come down and actually come and walk around with me, Big Shed, and you want to walk around with me every single day. What could be better than this? So one day Jesus started talking this crazy talk. Uh -uh. Jesus says, I got to go away. And then hold on, hold on, hold hold up right now. Because what I have with you, I ain't never had this before. And you can't leave me. But Jesus says, no, I want to reveal another manifestation of my love. I want to reveal to you just how much I love you. I don't want to just feed you from heaven. I don't want to just walk with you on the earth. But everywhere you go, I want to be on the inside of you. Somebody shout, that's love. Imagine Peter saying, get away from me because I'm a, I'm a messed up and perverse man. But God says, despite your perversity, I want to be with you. And then he takes it to the next level and says, I want to be on the inside of you. And I don't care what you're thinking about. I love you that much. I want to be with you everywhere you go. <laughs> revelation of the Trinity is the revelation of the love of God. Get back here, please, sir. That's the first thing he told me. Revelation of the Trinity is the revelation of my love. I started because they couldn't have, they couldn't have, that's, ooh, that, that's, why, that's why the most hideous sin that you can uh, uh, accomplish is blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's the ultimate expression of love. It's the God that not wants to help you from above or walk with you beside. It's the God that loves you so much. I, ooh, don't you know that we got something that Adam didn't even have? The Bible declares how God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Jesus walked with the disciples, but the Holy Ghost just don't walk with us. He lives on the ends. Hey! Hallelujah! He lives on the inside of us. So he says, number one, it's the ultimate expression of love. Here's number two. God told me that the Trinity is the ultimate expression of my power. Why? Because as God the Father, I read the story. If I'm Peter, if I'm James, if I'm John, if I'm one of, one of the twelve, I'm, I know the stories of how the Father from heaven split red seas. I know, know the stories of how, of how he took 300 men 
and whoop thousands. I, I know these stories of how powerful he was working for them. But then I get a glimpse of him being with me. And for me, he split seas. But with me, we walking on seas. <laughs> well, well, watch this. Well, for, for me, for me, for me, uh, for me, we whoop, three, we whoop a thousands of men with 300. But with him with me, when the mob came against me, the Bible declares that he slipped through the crowd unnoticed. It's like he disappeared and they didn't even know where he was. That's with him walking with me. So if it's powerful for him working for me, and it's even greater with him walking with me, what should it be like with him on the inside of me? I tell you what it is. Jesus says, greater works shall you do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father, and I'm sending the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. Here's a question God told me to ask you. What are you going to do with all that God on the inside of you? I just, I just want to know. Thank you, Chet. What, what you going to do with all that God on the inside of you? What are you going to do with all that God on the inside of you? God wants to do greater. Great, the, 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 the greatest manifestation of his love, the greatest manifestation of his power is not the Father in heaven and it's not Jesus walking on the earth. It is the Holy Ghost of God on the inside of you. How are you responding to that love and to that power? Oh, I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to help you. He was the Father that actually wanted to do more then they would let him. And his hands were tied. Not because he ain't God, but his hands were tied because they wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do for them. So this love manifests itself closer. And the closer love is yet limited. There were certain cities that Jesus went to and he said that I can't do mighty miracles here because of the lack of faith in who I am. So the greater expression of love and power is yet limited because they wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. And now here we are with the ultimate expression of love and power living in us. And just like he was limited as father, he sends the son and he's limited. And now the Holy Ghost in many of our lives is grieved because we won't let him do what he wants to do. I was sitting back and I was, I was tripping. They sung that last song and I'm, and that's, that's why I just started weeping and crying like I was crying. And I, I said, this, this, is, this is my message. This is, he, watch this, he, he loved he, he loves us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel the power. <laughs> they were singing, he, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. And as they, watch this, as, as, they were, as they were singing, I was looking at the unfolding of the Trinity, God the Father in heaven. And, and the Father, still in heaven, but now sending the Son. Why? Because he loves us. And, 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 and despite what they did to Jesus, despite how they rejected, I still want to demonstrate a greater essence of my love. I don't want to just be for them. I don't want to just be with them. I wanna, he loves us so much that he actually wants to be in us. And she stayed there and then she made the transition which should be our response to the love that he's given us. 
the woman of God says, we surrender. She said, what could a almighty God do in a completely surrendered vessel? I believe that God gave us a teaser in, in, our, in our freedom class because one of the questions was concerning what would your life look like if you were completely surrendered to God? And many of you all in my class in particular, many of them gave great answers, but the reality is eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man. The things that God has prepared for them that, that love him, in essence, that are completely surrendered to him. Then she moved on and she said, we say yes, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. And then she finally ended, ended with withholding nothing. <laughs> withholding nothing. What are you going to do with all that God on the inside of you? Many of us right now are tripping over issues that God could easily take care of if the limits were taken off of him. The reality is we asking God to do stuff he actually want to do anyway. <laughs> let, let me say it like this. We're actually asking God for stuff that we wouldn't have to ask for if the brakes were off. I mean, come on, let's, let's be real. Let's be real. I'm going to go ahead and go there. I'm going to go ahead and go there. Uh, uh, G Jesus, they, they want us to pay taxes. Just get a fishing line, go fishing, and the first fish you catch going to have enough money to pay your bills and my bills. Money is a light thing, and we spend in all of our times with the ultimate power in the world in us, and the only thing we're talking about is light bills. I know that's big to you, but it's only big to you because you unsurrendered to him. I started looking at that scripture in, in John where Jesus said, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, and that's, that's within the same context of him telling them that I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send another. I'm, I'm looking at that. I, I read that yesterday, and I said, God, I don't want to ask for you nothing. I don't want to ask anything right now because I don't know what to ask for. Because the truth is, a lot of my, a lot of my prayers have been getting answered, but when I look at them, compared to who he is, them show us some small prayers. Them some little bitty old prayers you've been praying. I think I'm ready to up my game. I think I'm actually ready to ask for something that I know for sure only God can do. Because some of y'all asking for stuff that you know that just in case he don't come by through for the first, Pookie will come by by the third. with all that God on the inside of you. And here we got, we got our young babies. Come here, Reese's. We, we got our young babies going to false religions, actually having spiritual experiences, demonic but yet spiritual experiences, because they have an appetite for the supernatural. And watch this. God is in their mama and daddy 24-7. And they got to look for an experience outside of their house because mom and dad won't let God in them manifest in their house. It's time for, let, 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 me, let me tell you, let me tell you what God's getting ready to do. Thank you. I heard God. 
he says, I'm getting number one, I'm getting ready to manifest supernatural things within the house. It's going to happen in the house. Everybody shout in the house. But this is what I know and what he promised me is not just happening in this house. It's getting ready to happen in your house. I, I think, who, who said I received that? Who said that? Don't lie now, but some of y'all like, I just, I, I thought it. The ones who said that, that is the posture of heart that God is waiting for. I receive that, God, whatever you want to do in me, let your will be done. So I'm done, and I'm going to my seat. Real soft, my man. That's all I want to challenge you with. I surrender all. I say yes. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. What does that look like? Let's talk about Greg for a minute. Let's talk about Greg for a minute. I, I, I found myself, I found myself even with this particular message. One of the reasons I was kind of just didn't want to talk about it is because there are friends that I have who I really love that we've actually never talked about this subject that I know they disagree with me. And for me to make a definitive stance on what I know we hadn't talked about could cause some rifts between our relationships. And I didn't want no rifts because I enjoy their presence. But I had to make a decision. Do you enjoy their presence more than? So if embracing the truth of the word as God has revealed it to me means that there's a shift there, let it be as long as he remains unhindered here. So this message was a choice to say, I don't care who disagree with me. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't honor you and respect you. At the end of the day, I just love God more than I love you. So anything that has a tendency to communicate anything different, I'm willing to separate from it. So in this house, there are individuals that you uphold the presence of some people more than the presence of God. And that's why you've been tolerating some dumb stuff and some dumb conversation that God says, those things grieve me. Those things make an all-powerful God powerless in your life. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force my will upon somebody who don't want me to manifest it. Today, there are some choices that some of y'all need to make. Some choices that you need to make to allow Jesus to truly be the Lord of your life. And when he becomes the Lord of your life, you take the brakes off the Holy Spirit. And watch this. You, some, some of you, thank you, Jesus. Some of you, some of you have been praying to hear God's voice clearer, but God's voice has been mute because he knew if I speak, you ain't going to do what I asked you to do anyway because you want me to talk, but I ain't the Lord of your life. God love it, loves talking to people who got a yes on their mind. He loves communicating to people that's got yes deep down in their heart because it don't matter like what we say. It's like my baby brother, when we together and we working or whatever, he'd be like, whatever you want to do, let's do it. I'd be like, man, let's do it. All right, let's do it. I love, man, have I told you I love working with you? Man, I love working with you. Hey, man, let's do this. All right, G, let's do it, man. Let's do that. All right, man, let's do that. Let's do that. Hey, I love it. What would the Holy Ghost be like in your life? If he knew, no matter what he said, do, you'd be like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. You want him to speak more? You want him to be more active? Go ahead and get a yes in your soul. Go ahead and get a yes in your spirit. Go ahead before your day even starts. You go ahead and say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to ask me to say. I don't know what you're going to ask me to do. But whatever it is, I'm giving you a yes right now. Just in case the enemy try to fight my mind, I've already said yes. Hey! Everybody shout yes. Shout it again, yes. One more time, yes. Lift those hands all over this building as a sign of surrender. 
And I want you to begin to talk to God right now and tell God, God, I give you my yes right now. I surrender my all to you right now. Come on, come on, come on. You talk to the Lord right now because God wants to do something mighty in your life. You serve a God that wants to be unhindered, unhandcuffed in your life. And God says, all I am waiting on is a yes. Give me yes, give me yes, give me yes. God, you see the hands and the hearts, not just the hands, but you see the hearts, God. You see the day, God, not just the hands, but you see the hearts, God. Not just the hands, but you see the hearts. The hands say, I surrender, but the heart says, yes, God. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, I will obey, God. So, God, unhindered lives, God. Move, 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 move. Hey, my God, today. Move, Jesus. Move, Lord God. Move, 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 Jesus. There's somebody that's been waiting on the word from you, God. There's somebody that's been waiting on clarity of direction. And while they're waiting on the word, you've been waiting for this moment of just a yes, God. So speak, Holy Ghost of God. Hey, hey. Speak, Holy Ghost of God. Move, Holy Ghost of God. Hey, breathe, hover, hey, hey, breathe, Oh, somebody make that confession, God. I'm withholding nothing. I'm withholding. I'm withholding nothing. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody in this room, you're trying to cognitively figure this thing out, and God says, shut your mind off and just say yes, because you will understand better by and by. I'll give you bits, and I'll give you pieces. Some of you, you, you can't handle the totality of what I have in store for you. Just say yes to the journey now and I will reveal it in its totality land. I surrender God I personal you said from your own lips withholding, withholding nothing. nothing come on one more time withholding nothing withholding nothing withholding nothing, withholding nothing. come on 